On today's episode, Dave interviews actor Dave Keckner. Dave has been in Saturday Night Live, The Office, American Dad, and Reno 911. He was also in both Angerman films, Talladega Nights, Thank You for Smoking, and Get Smart. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. I was looking at, at how many movies you've done and shit, and you've done 120, but this is what I think about. How do you find time to hang with the fam? Well, because usually when I'm doing these projects, I'm not there for run a picture. Right. You know, I, I'll shoot my stuff in either two weeks or a week and a half often for, for movies, and then they'll cut it up, and it seems like them there for run a picture. Right. But I wasn't. Right. And so, but you know, I mean, I started working steadily probably in, um, well, I guess after 95, it's been pretty steady. In, in what happened in 95? 95 is when I went to SNL. Right. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So from then on, it's, it, it's, I've been very fortunate. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, you're so fucking driven, man. You know, what's so interesting. I, I, um, I don't think of it that way. I know you don't. But I know, I'm sure... Others do. In fact, I often think I'm not driven enough. Uh-huh. Because, you know, I think all of us probably want more. Or maybe it's just the fact that I do have a wife and five kids that I have to provide for. Right. And part of me wants, you know, security blanket. Right. Which, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't have it. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I, ha- I did a bunch of interviews this year at the Super Bowl. For let's see, uh, there's two movies. Anchorman Two was coming out on was still in theaters, and then this movie called Cheap Thrills was coming out. And so my publicist helped set up a bunch of interviews <clears throat> at the Super Bowl because I'd gotten invited out by Bud Light, and I'd been there the year before as one of their ambassadors. Uh-huh. And so they invited my wife and I out again. And so you do media, and four of the guys that I talked to, and they were in radio, sports radio, had mentioned. So are you just loaded? Do you just, what do you do with all your money? And I thought, wow, that's so inappropriate for any adult to ask another one that. But it's odder that someone in the media would ask another person. On on mic? On mic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This was in the interview. In the interview. They'd be like, you don't ever have to work again, right? And it's like, you have no idea. (laughs) Just because you're in a movie doesn't mean you're making a bunch of money. It doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That question, the, the... the motivation for that question doesn't matter. Right. Because it's really about, did you really ask me that? I know. And then, so then you're left with this thing of where do you go? They've got the power of the mic every day. You can't throw it back. Right. Because then they can call you a D-bag every day for the rest of their tenure. Right. Um, so, you know, I go into explaining it. Right. I, I think there is a perception that if you work in, you know, any number of movies, you're set for life. You know that well, my the, question wasn't about that. No, I know that. Right. I know that. Right. But um, it just made me think of that. Well, oh, oh, oh uh, working driven. Right. Uh, yeah. And part of that is just really you have to uh, provide. You have five kids and you have mm-hmm. to provide. And yet you also get to do this with, when you're with your five kids, you get to be with your five kids. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so there you're not looking and going, what am I going to do later when you get, when you need braces or whatever that's going to be. Right, 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 right. And you, I, but you guys also, because Lee was on the show mm-hmm. and she made me cry when she was telling uh, stories, man. She made me cry. You got the whole. I got the whole thing and, and, and she broke me up. And when I listened to it again, I'm in the kitchen cooking and it's like, I'm crying because of the, um, this is going to sound weird because it is financial, but it's also emotional. The emotional investment that you make along with 
the investment investment that you make. Yeah. And it's not an investment, it's just something that you do because right. you're not getting your money back. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a matter of course. Right. And and yeah, it's uh it's interesting. And as you know, we didn't set out to have five. No. That's just the way life went. Right. And then But it's also the partnership too. True. True, true. Yeah. That's the way that was gonna go. Right. Um, she was gonna always get what she wanted. She wanted I think she wanted four. Uh-huh. And this is before she lost her uterus. Right. That was her plan. I mean, I, neither one of us, were, we weren't trying to get pregnant when we had Charlie. Right. In fact, in my mind, I thought it'll be a year, probably after a year. Because, you know, you hear so many infertility stories where people have the hardest time getting pregnant. Well, you look at Nia. Right. There you go. And then I thought, you know, we'll start in earnest in a year. And, man, you know, three months later, we're pregnant. Right. Yeah. Right. Right, and then and now you have five, and a great thing. Uh, one of the great things about Facebook is to see the way that y'all interact with each other, and to have that that joy. So, so I go back to that question, uh, you know, that they asked you of like, you must be loaded, and and I feel like going. Oh, I know what you're saying about it's on tape and it's going to be forever, mm -hmm. and you have a publicist, and mm -hmm. she's working. She it must be yeah, she. Yeah. She's working very hard for you, and you've got to be in partnership because. This is just the coolest thing. We're a business. Mm -hmm. We're a business. Each person. Yes, each yeah. person. Mm -hmm. And the struggle at the core of that business is your own ego and personality that keeps trying to grab control of that business. And it can't. Do you ever listen to Eckhart Tolle? Yes, all the time. And there's what there's that thing that he would talk about, you know, your heart has to drive. It can't be your head. When the head gets a hold of it, it just takes the steering like, wow, it's it's such a such a hard and what he means by your head is your ego. Right, right. Yeah. And he's he's talking about ego not in terms of the um uh the uh, the Freudian ego. Right. He's talking about his the way that he defines mm -hmm. ego, mm -hmm. which is that little voice. And I've mentioned it before. I, I consider it this an avatar that stands outside the door just waiting for you to go, um I'm not really sure. And then it goes, You asked you call for me? It's like that. Yep. So go ahead. You're, yep. you're, I, you're, you're a little boy or girl inside you. That's exactly yeah. the way yeah. that I look at it. I look at it as, so if you, I look at it as the, and I mentioned this before on the podcast, for me, it's the, the eight year old David who has buck teeth and big nose and is, has moved four times or five times in his life at that age and has a brother who's my, my brother had was on Ritalin mm -hmm. and was, you know, all this stuff and going, right. what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's who's outside the door. Right. Well, who's yours? What's well, that person look like? Mine, I think my Dave's a little younger. Uh-huh. Because uh, my mother had three kids right away. I'm, I'm, I'm third of six. And she had three right away. And um, she had mentioned to my sister once, she said, I don't know how you and David learned your ABCs because she, my oldest brother was sick for a little while. And that consumed her world. And at the same time, my father was starting a new business. And she was doing all the bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. When I look back on what they were doing, I mean, six kids with no help. He's working 70 hours a week on his business, a manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And she's doing all the books. Right. And as a mom. And as a mom. And as a homemaker. Mm -hmm. Doing all the laundry. Right. I mean, that in itself... Here's the thing. I can't, I can't believe they never made us at about eighth grade going, just so you know, from now on, you're doing all your own laundry. <laughs> like there would have been more institutionalized 
homemaking for each child. Right. That would have been the way to do it. That's, you know, that's just the way it went. You know, she's one of 11. They all worked hard. Right. I started working for my dad when I was seven. And that might have something to do with, like, what you were saying, driven. Right. It never occurs to me that I would ever be without a job. Right. It just won't happen. It just, I have to have one. Hey, I have to have one. Right. Um, and that my, my mindset is go get a job. But in that way that you said it, there's also this. There's no way that I'm not going to always have a job. Right. There's always this. There's this too. There's no way that I'm not always going to have a job. Mm -hmm. Do you see the difference between the two? Uh, one is I will always get work. Yes. And another one is I will always need to work. Mm -hmm. But the other one is I will always get work. That's interesting. It's interesting because you're, like, you're saying I will always need to work. And if you put that as your avatar, right, that means you don't have the abundance to sit back and not work. Right. But right. I mean, I mean, I know you're like me. You love to work. Right. And one of my favorite quotes ever is from your friend and uh, your dearest friend, one of your dearest and our, my dear friend, McNapier, when he, I think it was either co-ed or what was it? Um, what was his one man show? Sex Boy. Sex Boy. It may have been co-ed or Sex Boy. It may have even been Splatter, but I think it was co-ed. His, his, his author's note, he said, you know, it's called a play. It's not called a bore or a trial, right? so let us play. Yes. And I thought, wow, that is so brilliant. I don't know if that's his or, or someone else's, but really that's our job. Wasn't it when you walked into the Annoyance, on, when it was Clark Street down the street from Wrigley Field, wasn't that painted on the wall? Was it's it? A, I think it was painted on the wall. Oh, it may have been. Okay. It, but it was also in the director's notes okay. that he said that's as well. That's I remember But it's really that. true, and I think about that a lot. And what you were talking about, Eckhart Tolle saying, the heart drives, uh, let the heart drive, not, not the, let the heart drive, not the brain. Mm -hmm. I'm gesturing there. Um, it's the same thing that happens in improvisation. Oh, yeah. Let the heart drive, not the brain. Look at the person, see what you see, and respond to it honestly. You will not be lost. <laughs> You don't have to do anything. Right, right. Except right. be consistent. Well, be present, well, which means be consistent. Well, consistent, I meant uh, once you decide that's the thing, uh, keep doing that. That's thing. your point of view. Yes. Don't, exactly, don't exactly. Exactly. And I think that that's why you and I certainly, uh, when I think about those things and I think about the people that we've worked with and I think about the groups that we've worked with and I think about the ensembles that we worked with, we surround ourselves with people that agree with that. We surround ourselves with people that don't have that that aren't that are aware of the avatar outside the door, but are, don't ha, don't go camping with it. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to do all the work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you're like, I'm going. I'm putting up the tent, and I'm going, dude. Where are you? And and he's wearing a what sweater. Do you, mean you just ripped down the tent. I know you need attention, but my God, I'm trying to provide for you. Exactly, uh, exactly. So, I, you know, looking at all that, looking at all those things, and thinking, it's not <clears throat> the success is, is. This is for me. The success is if somebody says, "How do you, how do you determine your success?" Dave Zasky, and I would say this: I have made my work. I have made my life, my love of my work. Mm -hmm. And I have made my work the love of my life. And that's not to say that I don't have time for other relationships. Of course. That's to say that the dedication that I have to waking up in the morning is, let's, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and, and nothing else would occur to you. 
Nothing else would occur to Anything me. Anything less would be a, a failure. Like you can't, it is, it is tending to your heart. It is tending to the thing, oh, I have to do this. Right. There's no way you could do something else. No. And, and, and when you say there's no way to do, that I could do something else, there literally is, I don't, I, I, I don't know how, what would I have to do? I think I would have to be on medication mm. or have some kind of brain injury right. because I don't see things in that way. Right. And I'm not being snarky. No, no, no. It's just the way you're wired. Right. And like I said, that's the why the group of people we were fortunate enough to play with at the, the early uh, point of our careers was such a gift. And I look at it and I, and I, I've talked to Sharna about this. Sharna Helper, who ran IO. I said, in my life, she's the one. Mm -hmm. She's the one that was the gatekeeper of that. And I don't mean gatekeeper, like you can't come in or you can't come out. But she was the one that said, I'm going to set this thing up. Mm -hmm. And so I look back on all that stuff. And that's how I know you. Right. Um, and I look back on That's how I know you. Mm -hmm. And that's how I know the late, great Jay Leggett. And mm -hmm. that's how I know Mick Napier. Uh, and, and that's how I know all those people. So many and primary that, relationships of your life, really. Certainly of mine. It's a really interesting way to put it, primary relationships, mm -hmm. because I compare that to primary colors. Mm -hmm. And in order to, for us to have the palette, we need the primary colors. And our life is that palette that we painted. More than that. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. That's yeah. a keeper. There you go. Um, but, but, and it's recorded. <laughs> and it's recorded. So it's like, I'm not going to go, what was that that I said? What was that that I said? But that's... that's did, you, did you meet Lee through that somehow? No, no. no, no. You met uh, her out here. I met her in, in an airport. She didn't go through that. I don't remember that. Okay, I'll make it quick then. Uh, we, I was, I had, I've been in New York, and then I moved to uh, L.A. and was living here six months with James Grace, right? And then Eric Zickman, who I think, you, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, and so I went back to what did I do? I went back to Chicago for the Christmas break, uh, and then to see all the the, the gang. And then head out down to Tipton, Missouri, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to go back to Los Angeles for New Year's 97. Mm -hmm. So this is December, late December. Uh, when did you move out here? When did you come out here? 96. Uh -huh. I moved out here September 96. So New Year's, uh, right before New Year's, I'm flying back to L.A. out of the Kansas City airport. Lee had been living in L.A. She's from Kansas City. She'd been living in L.A. five years. And she was on the same flight. It was a 10 o'clock flight. This Vanguard, which was like... Southwest. Right. They don't have seat assignments. Her brother recognized me in the airport for my one year on Saturday Night Live, and he's overly familiar. Uh, Pat Morgan, maybe you've met him. I, I, don't, I don't know. But he has no problem going, Dave! And I'm looking like, how do I know this guy? And he and I start chatting, and um, there's this beautiful woman next to him. I thought, oh, well, that must be his girlfriend. So then I sit down there in the, the gate terminal, and then she plops down beside me and starts talking and invites me to her New Year's Eve party. She said, my brother, Pat, brother, okay, <laughs> said I should invite you to our New Year's Eve party. I always have a celebrity, and this year I don't have one. And as I tell the story, um, I told her then, I said, well, I'll, I'll come to your New Year's Eve party, but you still won't have a celebrity. This was a long time ago, friends. Uh, so that was it. And so they saved me a seat on the plane. I was literally the last person on the plane at the time I was reading the Peter Sellers book. Uh -huh. Have you ever read that the the one that was just um, I can't remember the name of they made an HBO movie out of oh yeah no no no, no. times Peter Sellers I will read that because I love him I do too he's a major part of my 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 influence right uh, it's it's a tough one because this guy takes no pause in breaking down uh, Peter Sellers psychology from the crib right to the grave it just it's that it's movie really, was great it's really a psychoanalysis of Peter Sellers. 
uh, it's 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 tough because you realize like, oh, I wouldn't have been friends with him. <laughs> like, oh, he's yeah, yeah, right. He's one of those people you were like, yikes, right? Don't, don't make me. But we know some of those people. Mm -hmm. I know we'll get back to the Lee story, but we do know a lot of those people where you go, wow. Mm -hmm. Can't. Yeah, <laughs> we might have just landed on the same person. Um, I have. Yeah, I've got. We've got some friends that have sure. been, yeah, you know, yeah. and I look at it and I think, I, 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 your, your work, your work. Yeah, and I, I I'm work, I'm work enough for me myself. Exactly. For myself, yeah. And, and and in a way, Farley was like that, but for a different reason. Mm. I felt. Now, did you do one or two shows with him? I I directed him in the touring okay. company. Okay. And that's how, that was my react. That was my uh -huh. interaction with him. Yeah, uh, was that? But I I saw him at I/O and I was at Second City when he right. knew. So I look That's at cool. him and I think, wow. I think I would be friends with him. I mean, I was friends with him, but it wasn't like. But Chris was sweet. Chris, that's it. But he was. But it was work. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. It was, was work. There were times where you go. He had some insecurities. Oh my God, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that his avatar outside mm -hmm. the door. Yeah. You know, um, Peter Sellers. You're reading the Peter Sellers book. Oh, I'm, so I was prepared to read the book. On the flight home for the right. balance of the, the the book, I was like, "Oh, I'll get it finished. It's three and a half hours." And her brother Pat yells at me and says, "Come on back." They saved me a seat. I thought, "Wow, people that know me from TV, but that girl was so attractive." So I sat on the aisle. Pat sat in the middle. Lee sat on the window, and Lee and I started flirting right away. Halfway through the flight, Pat, her brother, says, uh, "Swear to God, this is Pat Morgan." He goes. Dave, are you attracted to my sister? Because Lee, you've met your match. He said, Dave, I think you're going to be around for a long time. And I reached over, I think I touched Lee's knee. I said, what do you think about that? And she says to this day that she knew it at that moment. She goes, I know he's going to be around a long time because that guy's my husband. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I just want to cry. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can literally say we've been together since the moment we met. Right. Yeah. Um, do you, you know DiCarlo, Mark DiCarlo? Yeah, yeah. He met his wife on an airplane, too. That's interesting. He met Lee before I did. <laughs> yeah. She she uh, worked with Mark DiCarlo on studs. Lee was the first reversal of studs. So she went on studs. Uh, it was a game show, folks, years ago where a guy would take three girls out and then report back. It's kind of like a, a, a micro version of The Bachelorette. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. So a guy would take three girls out and then decide which girl he wanted to date again. Right. And they'd all get a couple thousand dollars. Now... Lee said her secret was don't sleep with the guy because she knew the other two girls slept with him and then they picked her. The guy picked her. A guy picked Lee. Yeah, to, to, to have the second date with. <gasps> right. Yeah. Because he already nailed. Right. 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 And she's like, I'm no fool. And uh, <laughs> so then she was so funny on the show. For her, they had her do the first reversal studs. They had her date three guys. Got it. Yeah. Then they loved her so much they hired her as a writer because she's so much fun and Look so funny. Now, Lee's never written. She just has a great, engaging, charming, uh, charismatic personality. Right. And so they just assumed she could write. No one showed her. Then the writers were mad. They wouldn't help her format. They wouldn't no. invite her into the room, wouldn't take her ideas, any of that stuff. And I've never asked her who the writers were. But anyway... They then made her a coordinating producer on the show. So she, she knew how to do that. Well, it was an easier job to do. But it's also, it must come naturally to her, mm -hmm. that kind of a job. Then it does. Well, had they invited her into the room for ideas or lines of dialogue or whatever, she certainly would have 
God accomplished it. They wouldn't even show her how to format. Was so on the computer. You, so that was like there's no. She'd turn in some stuff, and they're like, "What's this?" Yeah. And she's like, "I never said I was a writer. You hired me to come on, and they didn't take care of it, which is the shitty end of show business." Right. When well, but so, so, so petty jealousy within the, the the existing jobs. Did you know? Did you did you see any of that? I I today was thinking, how come I I have a, I know a lot about your experience at at SNL, but I don't know why. Did I, we must have talked about it or something? But. But anyway, yeah, who knows? I mean, but it doesn't matter. I'm sure I was. You know. I was. Uh, I'm sure I would uh, would have bored you plenty if you'd asked me when I first got <laughs> off the show. But it was something else. There was something else going on. But aside from that, did you see that at SNL in terms of the writing, the writing staff? Uh, well, no one's going to take care of you. Uh, here's here's the thing. You know, I was at Second City for a shorter tenure than you were. Right. I personally didn't have that much writing experience. And uh, you know, nor chestnuts or, or 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 trunk pieces, right? That a lot of people had come to the show with. Like uh, um, uh, uh, Mike Myers had Wayne that Wayne, he got in Second City. He had sprockets, right? He had several, right? Pieces, and that's right. what he had his eye on the ball. Like, here's what you do. I never had that logical thing of like, oh, here's what you do. Right. You create this, 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 then you put it over there. Right. You know, for for all the gifts that the I.O. gave us, right. the failing was not creating material. Remember, but that wasn't their thing. No. But also, if you ever repeated yourself on stage, there would be a firestorm from all of your... Did you ever see anybody do that? Of course. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, but most often, you didn't. The no. most successful people always had an organic experience again and again and again. You wouldn't even repeat a line of dialogue, let alone a character. Because you, because you, why would you? Well, it was, that was, it was, it was sacrosanct. It was, it was against the religion. Right. Yeah, it was but, and it's God. also, it, but it's also, it doesn't help you at all. Well, the idea right. that you're up there, you're up there and you're going to repeat a moment. And why would you repeat a moment? Are you going to repeat a moment because it's like, you're going to get your rocks off the same way? Because mm -hmm. I got something to tell you, buddy. Mm -hmm. The second time you sleep with that lady, she—it's a different. It's not. It's like well, it's less magic. It's a less magic. It's not that it's not magic. It's just less. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's. Uh, but I wish I would have written back then. I wish I would have written. I wish I would have written things down. Right. That we did. I wish I would preserve characters that were created, or just or or little moves here there, just at a better bank of uh, his uh, comedy. Right. Because that's what. In the end. In the end. You have to have content. But it's also, I was thinking about this today with you. Wasn't your, didn't it turn out that your tenure at SNL was the perfect amount of time? Uh, even though, even though there, there was so much, uh, like, what the fuckness of mm -hmm, it, of mm -hmm. the, the ending <laughs> right, of it. Right. Still, I look, I look at your contemporaries and I think. Well, that's true. You know. Except for. Except for one. Except for one. Yeah. Except for one. But true. I look at your contemporaries and I and I look at that and I think, wow, here you are. That's true. And 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 had you stayed longer there, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have driven you because I think I, maybe I'm just imagining this, but I think when you left, why do I know all these things? And I might not be true. When you left, left. I'm saying left. When you left SNL. Didn't it took you a bit of time? Not a bit of time. A little short, a short amount of time to go. Wait a minute. Now what? Let's go. Right. Well, I got in, too involved in the I/O out here. Right. And I wish I had been less involved because mm -hmm. I made that my thing, which was. But you needed it, didn't I, you? In a I way? thought I did. What I needed to do was force myself into a creative space, and that was one that was right there. 
I wish I'd started doing stand-up right then. Got it. Got it. But, but here's another thing. How can you week. wish that, Dave? I mean, really, how can you wish that? Because well, every because everything, look at where, where you are now. Sure. And the experience that you had there mm -hmm. helped you get to where you are now. Oh, I'm talking about the I.O. out in L.A. I understand what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. But still. Uh, yes, in a way, but also no. It was, I, I let it get in my way. I let plenty of ego. Got it. In the door there. Uh -huh. It's like, what am I focusing on? Then I, I walked away from it completely going, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. um, but I, you needed, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know. I, I needed community. But you need you needed community, and that community helped you in that mm -hmm. way at that time. That's what you needed. Because you were also, in a way, where you, you were healing. I guess, sure, of course, of course. But, you know, uh, uh, drugs and alcohol are not a way to heal. But you need also to know that. Yeah. yeah. And, I <laughs> and in order to know that, you've got to go through that. I certainly did plenty that year after SNL. Mm -hmm. I got... I got uh, you medicated. Yes, I did. I certainly self-medicated. Yeah. And I wish, oh, yeah, wish, whatever. But yes, every step you make keeps informing who you be, are becoming. Yes, exactly. Right. So, yeah. But... Uh, um, yeah, whatever. It's yeah. I was I was I was very fortunate, and then I got a holding deal right away. Um, that came from what? Uh, that came from uh, Imagine Entertainment, Tony Krantz and ABC. They saw you do what? He Tony knew me from um, SNL. Uh huh. And so he, Linwood Boomer. He and I. Uh, the only writer I met was Linwood Boomer, and it was the same time he was writing, um, <sighs> Malcolm in the Middle, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. So he was trying to match me up with Linwood as a writer to, to develop something, and they never found a writer to come along and develop on that particular deal. Um, and then I think they gave me another one, and then we, I created a, a television show for the Gerald character right. that the never went in ABC. Yeah, no, that that was before no, 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 the, the Gerald character. Yeah, yeah, got it, got Which it. Which is another character from the Trucker, but right. uh, different incarnation. Right, yeah. right, so right. I was I was fortunate enough to get to get work to to get steady employment. And here's another thing. So you, you left there and somebody had faith in you. Mm -hmm. You left there yeah. and someone remembered you. Because how many people, again, and, and I'm, I don't, I'm not doing this to compare it, sure. but I guess I am. Um, how many people have left SNL and people just went, okay, and moved on? Yeah, yeah. But there's... You know, the thing Lauren told me, Lauren did not want me to go. Mm -hmm. Lauren did not let me go. Mm -hmm. It was West Coast. Mm -hmm. It was the first t time that Lauren had kind of been, they had leverage. Because uh, Mad TV started that year, as right. did Howard Stern's then late night television show. Right. So ratings went down. Right. So West Coast said we're making changes, and you mm -hmm. don't have a, you don't have a, a, a you can't say no. So they let myself and Nancy Walls go. Right. Brought in Tracy Morgan, and that only Tracy. They kept Mark McKinney, and I remember I realized right. why. Mark, Mark had just had a, a child, and Lauren had a long relationship with Mark. I a figured, Canadian connection. Yeah, yeah. He was on Kids in the Hall. And, you know, Lauren could only protect so many pawns. Right. And that's just the way it went. Right. Um, so, you know, but here, I'll tell you this. Uh, my intention was to stay there three years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure you believe in the power of intention. Yeah. That's how powerful it is. Right. Three years. Hey, boy, why don't you just spend one? So, <laughs> right. that's, it, it right. really, when I had already decided I'm not staying here six years. No. I had already made up my mind. And so it will hear your plans. Because I was solid in that. I knew I'm not staying three years. I didn't have a three-year plan. Right. I just said, I'm going to be here three years. And then, you know, it speeds things up and goes, you're here one. Go. Boom. But, you know, like you said, that had to go that way. Right. Because that's how I had to meet Lee. Right. 
Oh, right. And the rest of it. Right. Although I also believe that somehow she and I would have met anyway. Right. Uh, who's to say? Yeah, who's to say? Who's to say? Right. Who's to say? Uh, oh, my God, man. Oh, Jesus. I, I just... I just Think back. I'm just thinking back of all the things that I've seen you in, and it just makes me smile. And to think that we would not have had, who knows what the fuck we would have had, right. but we have the the Anchorman, the Talladega Nights, like all these other shows that you, the films that you've done. And I go, who knows if that would have happened? Right, right. No idea. But I, I know that I, I always felt like I'm not going to leave Chicago until I have a job. A job is going to take me away from here. Got it. And that was a, that was a, a good idea for me. Uh-huh. Because had I gone somewhere else, I'd have gotten lost. Somewhere else being New York? I mean, New York or I mean, L.A. If I'd well, moved, you did go to New York. Yeah, yeah. But if had I moved... Without a job. Yeah. Got it. It would have been... Right. Well, one of the things that we do is we drink. Yeah. <laughs> and we go, that's a party. Mm-hmm. I'll go there. And that's, you know, plenty of Chicagoans. Nets family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you right. know that uh, I, it, we, now we go to school. Like, so myself, Finn, James Grace, uh, um, uh, Brian Stack. There are more. Yeah, there are more. Um, uh, Why am I blanking on this? Someone, someone. Oh, holy. Right. We all go to the same school. It's so crazy that, you know, we all came up together through the I.O. in Second City now we're all at the same grade school, uh, uh, Catholic grade school, St. Francis de Sales there in... in, in, in St. Francis what? De Sales. De Sales. In Sherman Oaks. Here's the other crazy one. It sounded like you just plugged it. I did, I did, I did a little bit. <laughs> in Sherman Oaks, as opposed to the other St. Francis yeah. de Sales. Uh, myself, Stack, Finn, and Holney all have a child in the same grade. We all have a child in sixth grade. How is that to be believed that's crazy to me and the fact that we're all there and you know we just had the big festival and we're all it but it's almost like we're just continue like you said continuing the 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 palette wheel or the right uh the painting I right guess. right right the, the starting out again going back to io mm-hmm. because those are all io people right 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 and that's where the primary however you said the primary that that's our primary Relationship. Relationship. Mm-hmm. That's a primary relationship. Started when we were in primary school, so mm-hmm. to speak, and now we're back to primary school yeah. um, in a different incarnation. But the that also talks about, oh my God, it's it's like growing. What must it what must it have been like growing up in say Greenwich Village and uh, like and going to school with these great, you know, yep. kids of. Captains of industry right. and writers, right. and that's what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you look at back at who was there when you and I were there, right? It's it's an amazing group of influencers, or what they would be called now. Yeah, uh, the list goes so deep; it's 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 nuts. It is nuts, mm-hmm. and it is nuts. And I, <laughs> Bernie Solins, I'd had lunch with him. Uh, the, I got the, to know the, the founder of Second, Second City. City. I'd had lunch with him before I left town, and I, I had several conversations with him. How come? Again. How did you? I you just, you I, just. I can't remember if he. Was it you that? Or, okay. Or, or we we started talking somewhere in the building, mm-hmm. and then he. I think he asked me to lunch. Um, oh, I know what I did. I did some project at the at the Goodman mm-hmm. about Hull House, uh-huh. and he directed. 
Mm-hmm. And so we got to know each other through that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I hadn't gotten SNL yet, I don't think. And then after that, I think we kind of continued our relationship. And he'd said he had never seen such a confluence of talent as he had in that last 10 years. And those cover the years that you and I were there. And, you know, you don't know that at the time. No, you don't. You know, there seems to be a lot of talented people around that are a lot of fun to play with. Right. But you have no way of knowing because the Second City just kept producing, like an assembly line, great groups of people. Right. But but that particular group uh, was 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 unique. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking about Andy Richter. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, then, if you start with Myers. Right. Like starting like with Myers, Farley. Right. Meadows. Right. Um, and then you've got Colbert, Carell. Right. Um, uh, you have Rachel Dratch. Dratch, Polar, Faye. Adsit. Adsit, Dorf. Right. Stack. Right. Both writers, longtime writers on Conan. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got McKay, Horatio Sands. Then I guess the tail end of Sudeikis, but he wasn't quite there yet. No, he wasn't. Uh, but, you know, that group right there is just crazy. Right. Right. I mean, when you see the movies like, you know, Carell, McKay, right. Faye, Polar, wow. Right. Just that. And then, of course, you know, Colbert. That's, that's, that's pretty amazing as a, as a, as a crew. It, I, I never take that for granted, and yeah. I think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I think about it all the time. Yeah. And I think about there was nothing that I did to... There was, there was nothing that I did to get there. Mm-hmm. I was just there mm-hmm. with that. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I didn't have to come from Tipton. Right. You know, I lived there mm-hmm. and I just went over there. And then they welcomed me. Sharna welcomed me. Dell welcomed me. And when you're welcomed, you, you think, oh, I must be here. I must belong, yeah. And that's why what happened to Lee when they said, be a writer, and then. Then they don't take care of you. Then they don't take care of you. You go, and she, she, when she got the job, she must have been so excited about it. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, she, ecstatic, yeah. But then the, she's working. Who right. thought that that would happen to working me? As a writer, and she's a creative person, right? So oh yeah, yeah. Never thought that would be her her channel, and it ultimately wasn't. But still, right, right. Yeah. But like, I think that going back to all those things that said, like SNL, mm-hmm. they they don't assign you a writer to say, here's how this is going. Got work. it. We did one day of camera block of camera work blocking if you will before we started writing just so they showed us where the stage is and Got how the cameras it. work and uh-huh. the cue cards will be but because we had a bunch of new people it was myself and will molly shannon had been on for a half a year um then it was sherry o'terry mark mckinney um jim brewer got jim brewer yeah i mean it was tons of new people it's right. like the biggest group of new people there in years right you do more movies than anything else right uh i probably if you're gonna look at, at yeah, the amount of work that you're yeah. doing the amount of time that you spend during the year yeah. it's on the movies then. and i want to do just television to stay home right i get movies it movies aren't shot here anymore no they're not it's and crazy. you and you're noticing you you are clearly noticing that happening in the uh 15 20 years that you've been here mm-hmm. yeah I, there was a three-year stretch where I shot only in L.A. Then there's a three-year stretch where I shot only in Vancouver. Right. And then, <clears throat> luckily enough, now I'm going to shoot a movie here in in, in June. Uh, and it's in L.A. 
and it's a studio picture, which uh -huh. is rare. Which studio? Paramount. You're going to be right here. Yeah. So that's good. I live two blocks away from one of the coolest studios on the planet. Paramount's right there, right, right yeah. on Melrose, yeah. 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 That's my favorite studio. Yeah, it'd be nice if you just walk to work. I would still get a drive on because I live in LA. Why would I walk? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite studio? Do you have one? What was I talking? Someone was talking to you uh, on the podcast that love that Warner Brothers. I don't remember who it was, but uh, I, you know, I, I I don't really have a favorite. I love walking around Paramount. That's what I love. Yeah, when I say I'm not talking about the infrastructure or how they treat you, I'm just saying the way that it looks. Right, and I the assume history that's what all. you meant. Yeah, yes, the physical, yeah. which physical plant? Right, exactly, the physical um, plant of it all. Well, I guess the, the those you know, Fox doesn't have much of anything anymore. No, they don't. I mean, Universal's got all that histor historical backlot, which is pretty cool. Right. Uh, Paramount doesn't have as much as they used to. They have some. No, they don't. But I guess the only one that has as much would be, well, and even Sony doesn't have. They've got the big buildings, and they've got they seem to have a deeper history. Because they were Columbia, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you you see all those names that no one. Here's the you know the thing we're all forgotten. Right. Well, you walk down Hollywood Boulevard, and I watch people taking pictures of the sidewalk, mm -hmm. and I, and then you see someone like Milt Toastin. I don't know, I'm making up that name. Sure. But you know, Milt Toastin, and you know him. Yeah. He was got a camera symbol on his car. <laughs> like, wow, what do you do? Or you know, you see legends pass, and they're published in the paper, and you go, yeah, right. Hope he saved enough. Be saved enough. You know, Mickey Rooney supposedly died with fourteen thousand dollars. Of course, wow. he was ninety-five, but right? still. When I think of the number fourteen thousand, it sounds like the largest number in the world. If you do this, last year, I made over fourteen thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Does that sound like a lot of money? And then you go, wait a minute, it's not a lot of money at all. I knew there was a time in my life when I was twenty when I thought if I made ten thousand dollars a year, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Do you want anything? Is there something that you want? Well, well, no. Just I just honestly just want a steady job. Right. That I can stay home and be with my kids. Got it. And I can go to all their games. I can drop them off at school, pick them up. Right. That's what I want. Right. It's amazing how when we get older, we, the less things that we want. And when I got divorced, how much I didn't want. I mean, aside from the, the pain. Sure. Right. But there's also, I don't need that. 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 I look at the stuff we've accumulated and like, why did we buy this stuff? Come on. Come on. Right? You can't use it all. No. All the time. Right. And having five kids, yeah. those five kids also have stuff that mm -hmm. they have that stuff. And they've been taught to want more. Right. That's the thing. When you look at what we all accumulate, we all have a flat screen TV. Right. Right. And right. At least one. Uh, yes. At least one. And right. then the newest phone, all this stuff. Do we, all this stuff? Right. That's what I think. I think this is where I live. I live there at my desk, mm -hmm. and I live in the kitchen, mm -hmm. and I sleep in the in the in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. That's it. I live in those three places. Right. When I was married, we had a huge house. Were you ever at my house? I think so. Yeah, yeah. for a birthday party, maybe your fortieth. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. No, you were at yes the fortieth. That was a different house. Okay. But we owned a house in Silver Lake, right. and it was huge. We had a huge house, and we had a coach house in the back, and we I mean, it was just huge. And I lived in two rooms, mm -hmm. three rooms. Yeah. You know, that's it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're trained to do that. We're trained to do that. And I don't... Take on debt. Get chained. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I've talked about it before. I had debt. I had debt uh, that I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to get a job and it's going to erase all this debt. And then that didn't happen. 
And then I just took my savings and I went, get rid of it. Just get, get rid of it. it. Yeah. Get rid of it. And you know what? At the, the ninth of every month, I go, I don't have the payment. I don't have the payment that isn't being paid down. Right. There's no worry there. And you've got, you've got, again, we go back to everybody's a business person. Everybody's a business. Mm -hmm. And you guys have, you, you've got the business manager and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Are you taking care of that stuff, any of that no, stuff? No, no, I used to, but not anymore. What, at what point did you go, I don't want to do this anymore? Three years ago. I mean, it would take me a week at the end of the year to um, go through all the receipts and all the stuff that I hadn't been diligent with throughout the year. Uh, <laughs> our one credit card had ballooned. Another one, we'd had uh, two or three opened, and it was like, wait a minute, this is all crazy. And we were spending so much, you spend so much time with bills. I know. And anyway, it cost 5%. <clears throat> and then I looked at my life <clears throat> and how much money I made, and then how much I get charged at the end of the year to do my taxes. Right. <clears throat> and it wasn't that much difference. Got it. I thought, well, then, oh, if I just hire the business manager, I don't. This, the taxes are included. So when the you... The tax preparation, that cost was large enough to justify... Go ahead and, and uh, uh, take on the business manager. So what do you do with your receipts? Uh, anymore? Yeah. I don't have any. I, they only give us one credit card. We both all use one, we use one credit card. And so they take that statement every month and they go, this one goes to business, this one goes to personal, and then that's it. I don't, we don't touch a bill. If the bill comes to our house, we send it right over to their place. Oh, that's nice. That's okay. so luxurious. So I'm giving away 5%, but I'm not getting taxed on that 5%. Right. So, right. Yeah. So I'm giving away 30% off the top. Right. With the taxes. 10% 10, 10 to a business manager. Oh, I see. No, 5%. 5% to a business manager, 10% to an agent, 10% to a, a manager, uh -huh. and 5% to a lawyer. Got it. But that's that's business. Right. I have to have that part of my business. Are you an LLC or yeah. you, you're incorporated? Pardon me. Yeah. 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 Which is just a tax dodge. But it's only... <laughs> I need a tax dodge. Uh, because it comes to a point where you just say, it is that week at the end of the year where you say, oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I always get an extension. And then it costs me money. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just do it, David. Just do it for God's sakes, man. Yeah. yeah. So now I don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Are you, and you're writing. Right. Uh, I'm doing stand-up now. Right now. Um, I'd had a show at NBC. Right. Uh, they pulled the plug. Uh, that was a, a sketch show? It was a variety show. A variety show. And Jerry Collins and I had come up with uh, an innovative variety show, which was not going to look like your normal variety show. But at the same time, they're developing with Maya uh -huh. Rudolph, who's absolutely wonderful. I love her. Uh, but Lauren is producing that. I wonder if that had something to do with I don't know. I only know is this. Every meeting we'd ever had with our executives on the studio side had been wonderful. Every interaction, and then out of the blue, one day it was over. So How were you told that it's over? I was given a phone call. Uh huh. That's nice. It wasn't a text. No, exactly. That was sweet. Phone call, and he his office was a hundred yards from mine. He even mentioned how appalling it was to do this on the phone. But it's 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 it's, it's he stuttered over over. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not working out. It's not going as we planned. All of which, and I'd already gotten a call from my manager going, you're going to get a call saying that we're canceling the show. It's already done. And so my choice at that point was not to try to argue. I was like, what, what good is that going to do? He'd already stopped it. Right. He'd already canceled it. Right. So I couldn't talk him out of it. No. And plus there was never any precursor to this. There had not been one 
terse conversation. Right. There'd been no come to Jesus. Like, wait a guys, whoa, whoa. So there was something else going on. And so I'll, I've said this before, and I'll tell you my response. Uh, I'm on the phone. Jerry Collins in the, in the in the room with me, and this other guy, David, something. And uh, and so he said it's over, and I said this to him: Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> and he goes, "What?" I said, "You know, from Frozen. She just wants to come out and play." Do you want to build a snowman? And he didn't know quite what to do. <laughs> to me, it's like, what am I going to do? Force him to explain himself? Right. He's, you know. It's also, oh, that's so great. Because it's about you surrendering anything. You were suddenly thrust in the moment yeah. and saying, this is the moment. Mm -hmm. And later on, if you want, you can open the door and talk to your avatar. Sure. Sure. But honestly, I, I was not angry. No. I was not angry. I was not crushed. Right. I wasn't upset. I was like, this has nothing to do with me or everything we created. That is because so, yeah. When Jerry and I pitched the show, mm -hmm. uh, when we conceived, so I talked to the guy and I, in the room, sold the show. Mm -hmm. Wasn't even planning on doing a variety show. Mm -hmm. It was just a meeting. Right. And in the course of that meeting, he loved all of what I was saying. I said, okay. And he goes, um, and I had this other little show that Jerry and I were going to sell. He says, don't sell that. Save that for our show. I said, take me off the market. So the next day, they called. The uh -huh. And I said, I'm going to do this with Jerry because Jerry and I had been working together anyway. So then Jerry and I came up with the, our, our concept of what the hour-long show was going to be. Eight o'clock family show, right? And we wanted to make a show that mom and dad were happy to watch as well as all the other kids. And the teenager wouldn't leave the room, though he wanted to. That was my goal. Keep him in the room. And it had to be digestible on all platforms, from your phone to computer to smart screen. That's where we were headed, trying to innovate. Right? Um, in our first presentation in our hour long, for our hour-long show, one woman was crying with laughter. I'm not kidding you. She was crying with laughter. That's where we had them. So to go from there to two months later going, it's over. Like, what? What, 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 what? You guys have loved everything. You've loved the outline, every draft minimal notes so anyway blah 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 everyone has a story who cares but here but I, i'm going back to 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 this the idea that you had her crying with laughter and then it's over and you're not going what about the crying with laughter lady and you're not doing any of that well, so if you're not angry and you're not bitter and you're not frustrated you didn't say that those weren't but you it was kind of living in those things what you said um something happened yeah what did you feel? Um, I felt, well, I guess a little numb, but more like, what? Right. And I will tell you, there were some, some personalities and some um, associ associates we were given to our production that were out of sync with what it would have taken to do this production. And right. Our intention was to let those people go the moment we got picked up, which I was sure of. Right. In my heart... I was going to be there for 10 years. Right. So I was really surprised that my heart was so wrong. And, but here's the thing. You didn't go, no, yeah. you wanted to build a, you know, let's go out and make a snowman. Make you, know, you know what I mean? Right. Like that. And for me, I think that is such, what's the word? Um, it's such a, 
overused word, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's transcended. Oh, it's a transcended nice. reaction. I was going to say mature, but <laughs> well, mature, it's mature as well. But that's very but, sweet. But that's you know what I mean? Sweet. It is because you've transcended the you've transcended the history of it all. You've transcended your your expectations, and what you've done is where did you trans to where did you transcend? You transcended to this moment. All right, now what? Yeah. You know, that's but we've had so many of those. Okay, now what? Mm -hmm. You know, certainly the SNL experience. You had that, and you know what that dark hole is like, or that mm -hmm. conversation with the avatar is like. You know what that's like, and you don't have time for that. No, no. So that's that's over. What's what's ahead? Right. That ship just went aground. Right. Let's get out of the fucking ship, yep. or let's wait it out and see right. what happens. Right. There's another ship on the other side of the dock. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what it's like to wait for the high tide to rise in that ship while you're drinking all the fucking rum on it. Yeah. And you're going, you know, that's not what I want to do. Or that's not what I... Because for me, I wake up in the morning and I, I love a challenge, man. Mm -hmm. And I go back to the concept of being driven. Because I feel like when you... it's you. Know, I don't go, I'm driven. Mm -hmm. I just look at my life and say, I've been doing this for so long. Right. So if somebody wants to say I'm driven, that's great. It's not anything that I'm, it's just something that I do. Where am I going with this? So it's the idea of, I can't stop. No. And it's not that I can't stop because I owe anything. It's I can't stop because I love the fuck out of what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'd be dead without it. I mean, yeah. And we have people around us who inspire us. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And you, you, you know, you think like, what is this or that person? What model are they doing that's working? What do you mean by that? Well, how do they conduct their business? Uh -huh. um, how to? What do they do? Why are? Why is? Well, some people I know, there's nothing in their way, because there's nothing in our way except ourselves. So how do you go? All right, let me look at that, and it can it can all be easy if you just allow it. So it's really just allowing it. Right. It can all be easy if you just allow it. I'm reading a book right now called Flow. I've heard of that one. Uh, it, it, it's good. And in it, he, he talks about paying attention to the moment, being in the moment, not looking at what the outcome is going to be. And in that way, what you're doing is you're allowing it. You're at it. You're accepting it. You're allowing it. And when we allow ourselves to allow it, all other voices go away. Right. You don't let the ego take the wheel. Right. You're, 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 I, I, it's not that you're not, yes, you're not doing that, but what you're also doing is, because I love, I love what we can do as opposed to what we're not doing. So what you're doing is you're allowing the heart to take the wheel. Mm -hmm. It's not that you're not just not allowing the brain to take the wheel, but you're allowing the heart or the ego to take the wheel. You're allowing the heart to take the wheel. And... One of the great things is, I don't know because I don't have any children, to think about getting work and how that gives you breathing room, mm -hmm. but it also inspires you because you get to be the dad. Mm -hmm. Which is a greater challenge than, than work. You know, uh, uh, keeping yourself neutral when they're pulling at your emotional core right? and you want to explode. I, and it's not like I haven't. Right, but then you know, as you get, as you do it longer, you're like, okay, because really, what it always boils down to with a child, they need something, and is your need uh, 
in conflict with theirs. And oftentimes that's what happens. Like I'm on my way somewhere. I need. I want. I want you to go to bed now because, or whatever. It's like, well, you know, just if you take care of their needs, they're gonna all go along, anyway. You're taking care of their present needs. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Is you're looking at your I want to do this, or I have to do this, or I need to do this, and they're needing this now. Mm -hmm. You're. Yeah. You're on your way to somewhere, and they're exactly where they are. Well, oftentimes, <laughs> if I'm at home and I'm still trying to get, squeeze in a few more emails at the end of the day, say maybe I've gotten on the computer again after dinner, I guarantee you the kids will start fighting in the living room. Because they know fight breaks out here, the fireman has to come. <laughs> right? So, you know, stop stop and get off the email in the first place. They just want you in the, in the, to do something with them. They just want you. They want your attention. They want your physical presence. Right. Sit with me. Sit with me. Mm -hmm. Sit with me. That's it. That's what love is. Yeah, that's, that's probably right. Yeah. Sit with me. And do you, get, do you get time where all seven of you are together? Yes, not enough. Charlie's coming home. I'm sure Lee told you that entire... Um, I'm just looking. I usually yeah, yeah. like to keep it an hour, so we oh, got I a see. few more minutes on that. So. Uh, Lee, Lee uh, told you that whole story of Charlie... Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Charlie will be graduating in June, and he'll be back. He was just home for a great visit during our other kids' spring break. We all went to Pismo Beach for three days, and then we went to Legoland for two days. I saw you so sitting we on the bench with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's been terrific. And you've got that community there out in what would you call it the comedy corridor what would you even call that <laughs> you know you've got that community out there and and did you have that with your with, you know the idea of going out to play like getting together with your neighborhood friends my next door neighbor had nine kids uh, the fish the fish had nine kids and the idea of growing up outside spending time outside living that life you know, LA is different, and uh, we don't have any kids on our block. It's crazy. You don't? We don't. We just, in the last two and a half months, this guy that had been living there for years uh, got remarried to a woman who now has two boys that live there part time that Sergeant can play with. Uh -huh. Otherwise, there aren't, there literally are no other children on the street because everyone else has stayed there. They raised their kids and they stayed. Right. Their average age is 70. <clears throat> Their kids are all gone. My next door neighbor on my left is 72. One directly across from me is 84. Then this other couple, uh, well, Kit never had kids. And so they're just, there aren't any kids on the street. That You you know, you go shop for a home. You're like, that's the house we want. You don't think about where the kids on the block. But it's not like when we grew up. Did you go to public school? or yeah, a school I went in to public school. Right. Yeah. Uh, we went to the school and, you know, that was down the street. It was down the street. Yeah, they don't, that doesn't happen anymore. We drive to our school. And um, then if you want play dates with those schoolmates, you either stay after school for after school program, right? which is great, or you're, you know, now you're over scheduled with all these things anyway. So Sergeant's got baseball and, and drums and something else. And then Margo and Audrey have dance and singing and she has guitar one day. Eve's got all her stuff. So now, now it's, now it's about running around to satisfy all the rehearsals and the, and the um, practices and then the games. Oh. Do you want to build a snowman? Let's <laughs> <laughs> in there. What a joy, man. <laughs> Today's episode was sponsored by Italian-based blues band Veronica and the Red Wine Serenaders. 
winner of the 2013 European Blues Challenge. For more information on their new album, The Mexican Dress, you can go to their website at www.redwineserenaders.it. And now the summer is going away, like your daddy is going for good. I never felt so dark on down, I wanna ease my worried mind. I have a simple cue for my soul, to free my mind, my heart, and I'm my dancing shoes are red and shine. I wanna boogie all over tonight. And I'm gonna dance this blues away. Like the preacher gonna let me sway. Hold my hips, grip me tight. We'll live our dream. And I'm in summer night. I'm gonna wear that Mexican dress. Put some flowers in my hair. Silver rings, red lipstick. There'll be a party downtown tonight. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley.